So, um, I'm going to talk about reparations and, you know, I think the best argument for, uh, for why, you know, reparations are sort of a sleight of hand is that they're not interested in bringing claims, um, to court to, um, argue their case. And when you, when you want to, extract, you know, a fine or a penalty, like you want money from someone, you want someone to pay up, you think that they've wronged you. The best place to do that, or I would argue the only place to really do that in a normal functioning society uh, is to, to use the court system, right? You bring a claim against somebody else. You have to show, you have to prove a harm. You have to prove some kind of harm. And then a jury will decide after each each uh, each side can present evidence and can argue for their for their case. So you have you could have people who want affirmative action. Or sorry, not sorry, sorry. People who uh, believe they've been harmed and they want reparations. They should uh, be able to argue their case, present evidence on their side. And then the the, per, the people who will be made to pay, sort of the, the defense, right, uh, gets their chance to make arguments for their for their side, their position, uh, and, and and you know present evidence for their case. So each side could be heard uh, in a court of law, and then there could be um, you know a jury that decides um, whether there was indeed a harm, and then. A jury then would decide, well, how much should they pay? This is the proper way to go about uh, basically making someone pay, you know, because you can only make someone pay, get a get a fine, get a reward, a monetary reward, if you can bring legal action, if you can bring legal action successfully, if you can present your case to a court and uh and this court can weigh the evidence, can can look at your arguments, and they can also look at the the defense is position, their arguments and evidence, and the you know the 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 judge uh, is there to really um, instruct on the manner of the law, right, and determine you know uh, instruct the jury on how to apply the law, and then the jury determines you know is presented the facts and determines the facts of the case and what's true and what's not. And, and, and then, um, makes a decision. The jury then makes a decision. Well, um, you know, is, is there double jeopardy in civil court? Can you like, so if you get denied your first chance, if you, if you bring a court case uh, civilly against someone and accuse them, I don't know, of fraud or something and you fail, can you bring another case against them and try again and try again and try again? I don't know. Um, I don't know if there's something preventing that. I know in criminal law, you can't be tried, right? Again, that's double jeopardy, except if it's like a federal, I guess, a federal case. I guess you could be tried uh, doubly there. Um, but what I'm getting at here is that um, the, these cries of reparations to, to Blacks, um, lots of cities have decided to, you know, do their own, uh, own investigation on whether they should pay blacks. Um, 
like the city of Asheville, I think already passed reparations in that city. And the way it's being done, I think is biased and unfair. So it's, it's so crazy that these cities are just volunteering to do a reparation study. And so it's on the path to just giving these people reparations. They don't even have to prove their claims. It doesn't have to even go to a trial. You see the state of California also is on the, on this path of saying, you know, first they'll do a committee and then they'll figure out how much and then they'll figure out the distribution, distribution for reparations. There's people active in government, whether it's a city, a state, probably at the federal level too, where they're just like, we're, we're taking steps to study it. We're taking steps to figure out how to do it. It's almost like they're just acting, um, they're acting to just grant them their wish, right? Without it, without it having to be, without a case even had to have been brought, right? Without even hearing the other side of the argument, they're just making steps, creating steps to just actively give them what they want. They don't, so this is like, you know, I liken this to you accuse, so, so you think that someone defrauded you and you've made a bunch of noise, maybe publicly about it, called them out maybe, but, uh, and here's the twist, the person that you've accused of fraud uh, just, just voluntarily says, I'm going to start investigating this on my own. Uh, I'm going to look into it. Yeah, you know, I guess you're right. You know, let's, let's, you know, let me think about it. Let me figure out a number for you. <laughs> let me study it. Right. So they're just like giving in, right? No defense. He, he's, he's, he's not defending himself. He's just look, he, you know, he basically just says, okay, you think that I've defrauded you. You think, you think I owe you this much. Uh, I'm just going to give you what you want. This is what our city, state, and federal government is doing with reparations for black people in this country. Not only is it not fair to the rest of the country, to, you know, because this is funded with taxpayer money. It's not fair that both sides are not being heard. The evidence arguments for both sides are not being heard, number one, in a court of law. Because if you you know, if you accuse someone of something, you should really just be going to court because that's that's how we settle disputes in this country. Right. But not only is it not being held in court, not only are there the arguments not even being heard. Like the, so the counter side to reparations, their arguments are not going to be heard. Right. When, when cities and states. Right. And potentially the federal government bypass this thing we call the court. Right. And just go directly to, okay, how much do we owe you? Okay, let's study reparations. So a few bureaucrats, right, outside the court system, outside our system of law, get to make a decision on the behalf of the rest of the country or the rest of the tax body, let's just say, if a city decides to pass reparations, right? So the local city, I guess the local taxpayer, right, but is on the hook. But, but only like, what, four or five people on the city board get to make that call? It doesn't even get, it doesn't even have to go to trial. You're basically just giving black people what they want without even putting up a fight or without even, you know, hearing the arguments. Maybe you're pro reparations and you sit on a city board and you really like it to pass, but, but you, you, you're, you're denying the people who are against reparations, their arguments. You're denying one side a defense. You're denying one side a defense, you know, to present their case arguments, evidence, evidence, whatever reason that they, that they might give to defend themselves against having to pay reparations, having to pay black people today, quote unquote, reparations, 
and reparations needs to be defined. It never really is. What do you, what is, what is the actual charge? What is the actual harm, right? That people who are going to be forced to pay black people in the form of reparations, what's the actual harm that occurred? You know, in a court of law, this would have to all be flushed out. You'd have to, you'd have to specifically say what exactly, what, what kind of theft or, or fraud occurred. And, and, you know, you'd have to point to the people who, who you're charging this with, victim, you know, whoever, who are you charging this with? Who, who do you want to pay you? And what harm do you think that they've done to you? Right. So you'd have to point, point out someone, you'd have to bring a case against someone, or it could be a group of people. But who are the black people in this country bringing a case against for reparations? Are they bringing it against the entire country, all the taxpayers and the jurisdiction that they're going after reparations in? Who And what are they accusing them of? You know, slavery in the past? Well, no one today has enslaved anybody, right? Nobody was alive back then. And not all taxpayers, so so the local taxpayers, right? You're just accusing everybody of, of giving, you know, harm to this unspecified group of black people. And you're not even distinguishing, well, which blacks are going to get the reparations? Who, you know, recent immigrants from Africa or like, Anyone who just shows, you know, anyone who just shows DNA that's, you know, over, I don't know, 80% black or, or what? I mean, how are you going to even determine who, been, who, who is the group, right, that you represent? You need to, you need to actually like define that group very specifically. So if this were to be brought to court, you'd have to decide, you'd have to, to define who is on each side. Who are, who are you accusing of? What, what exact, what crime have they done to you or what, what have they done, right, to cause you harm? in a way. Uh, and then who's going to pay? And, and so you have to prove all this in court. You have to show a harm. You have to, you have to point to a certain group of people um, and then, you know, prove, prove that they actually did something to you, right? And if this had to go to court, right, they'd have to argue about systemic racism, you know, and the thing is, is that if this went to court, maybe they would have to define this more specifically. Maybe not. I mean, who knows? It depends on the judge and, and the jury, right? Whether they buy it or not. But in theory, um, in theory, there'd be a better discussion than what, what's going on now, which is just a handful of bureaucrats basically saying, we're going to study this thing. We're going to create a commission like they did in California. You know, and of course, they're going to put people on there who are pro reparation. Uh, they're going to study it and they're going to think about it, right? And the government's just going to act like on its own and, and grant, you know, reparations to blacks uh, without even have giving the taxpayer a say, without even putting, you know, without even probably hearing arguments against reparations, without even hearing counter arguments, right? Without even defining who exactly harmed who and what the harm was, right? So, it should be very obvious why they're uh, they don't want to bring this to court because they couldn't point to anybody, right? They couldn't point to anybody who did anything to them. Um, are they going to accuse the government? Well, that's a very abstract thing. You're going to sue the government. I mean, I guess in theory, I don't know. Can you sue? I mean, I guess you can sue different parts of the government. Uh, what are you going to sue it over? You're going to sue. You're going to just call it. You know, just say that it's systemically racist. I mean, I'd like to see that trial. I'd really like to see, because at least there'd be a defense. At least there'd be, you know, a p potentially somebody would be making the opposite case, 
let's hope. And there'd be arguments there and we could, it could be public, it could be exposed. I mean, it could just be heard by everybody. Um, but why, why is it that these never go to, go to court? Well, because I don't think they can, they can't really point to any objective person who's harmed them or group of people. They can't even explain what the harm was and, and why they should supposedly get all this money and, and who, who would be the beneficiary of this. They, they can't point to anyone directly. Um, and that would be a big problem because you kind of have to do that if you want to bring a case to court. So that's my, my one, my, my major issue with reparations besides the, you know, besides the fact that it's just, uh, well, this is my main issue with it is that they can't point to anyone in particular who's harmed anyone today. Right. And if they can't do that, they don't have a case. They don't have a claim. Um, so I want this to be brought to court, but what happens is that the government says, well, we don't need this to be brought to court. We'll just start you know, working on it ourselves and grant them whatever they want. They, you know, black people don't even have to prove in this country, uh, why they should get reparations. We don't even have to hear the counter counter arguments to their case and claims because it's not going to go to court. So the government just bypasses that whole process and just grants them what they want, right? Um, that's my main problem with it uh, on the surface. Now, what do you call people that want reparations to pass and they're, they, want, they don't want it to go to court, right? They just want the government, some, some bureaucrats at the, sitting at the government to to just pass it for them, you know, just because they're on their side or they're biased, right? Whatever, do their bidding. Well, what is reparations? If it's not legitimate, like if, if you can't prove it in court that it's legitimately owed to somebody. And I, I would argue that if, if they, if it never goes to court, they never proved their case. They never proved it that it's legitimate, right? So it's illegitimate by the, by the very fact that it's not even going to be debated in a court of law. And so it's basically just theft. It's just black people stealing from the taxpayer base, right? Who has to fund this. Uh, It's just basically black people demanding money at the threat of a gun. So basically through the state. So they're stealing through the state. They're, They're stealing. The power of the state has given them a license to steal if they want, you know, to be granted reparations. Uh, with that illegitimately because they haven't proved it in a court of law. And they're basically using the state to steal from other taxpayers money, right? That they haven't proved in court is justified. No, no judge or no court has granted them money, right? So the Alex Jones case just, just, just occurred now a couple of weeks ago and they had to go to a court of law and they are able to hear both sides of the argument. And the jury ruled or the judge ruled, right, that he that that Alex Jones would have to pay. Right. So that had to go to court, though. You know, that had to go to court. And at least he got maybe, you know, at least he got to put up a defense, even though he lost. That's legitimate. Now, I may not agree with the outcome of the trial, but at least it went to court. Why can't the, the blacks in this country who want reparations bring a court case? Bring a court case, right? 
and, and prove it in court and, and let people who don't want to pay reparations, who don't agree with it, let them defend themselves. But by, by ignoring the courts and by go to, you know, going directly to government and, and getting government on their side, right, to just pass reparations and making the taxpayers pay for it is a form of theft. It is theft. It's just, it's just state granted theft, right? And, um, you know, it's a little bit more than just like, you know, I don't agree with any kind of, um, handout by by any type of, of category of businessmen or by by racial group especially uh, I don't agree with any kind of government gift right uh, where they where they basically tax some people and give other people money um, but this is even worse because this is accusing a whole group of people white people in particular but I guess you're just, but it's going to have to be funded by the by just the general tax base but this is even worse because it's it's using the state to redirect money to black people that the taxpayers have to pay, but they're disguising it or they're saying the reason for it is that they're accusing a whole group of people for crimes or, or for, you know, for hurting them in a way, right? For hurting them, for, for actions that they did that supposedly hurt black people in general. And um, so it's an accusatory thing that they're doing, that they're claiming. Like, this is why they think they're owed money. Uh, so it's not just, hey, we voted in, you know, some black friendly politicians and they voted in to redirect you know, some government, uh, you know, funds, some taxpayer funds just to black people just for whatever reason. No, they're saying, let's do that. But let's let's actually have the reason be uh, that these people committed a crime against us or, or, or somehow hurt us. Right. Somehow they hurt us. Um so it's it's accusatory, right? It's redistribution of, of wealth, right? It's it's forcing taxpayers to, to hand over money, right, to black people and, and do so and be happy to do so because it's supposedly something bad that we did and we owe them, right? And you know, I think this is just it's a form of theft. I mean, bring your court case, bring it, bring it to trial. Let us have a defense. Let us let, let the jury decide, right? And it, maybe I won't agree with the the outcome, but at least it would have gone to court, right? But no, no, no. I mean, they don't. They they're not going to bring a case. They're just going to try to get government to get on their side and pass reparations, right? Without even you know, they're accusing a whole group of people for doing something, and then the, by the government saying, "Yeah, we'll look into it. Yeah, we'll do it." It's like. It's a, is it like it's the government admitting guilt, right? But the government is supposed to represent the people. At least the taxpayers are going to be on the hook for this, to, for paying this, and the taxpayers don't even get a say because our representatives in government, right? You know, a few of them have been bought off and paid for by the black lobby or whoever, BLM or just lefty. You know, there's a lot of white lefty liberals who want to pay reparations. Um, people, right? The bulk of people don't want to pay for this. I mean, reparations are highly, highly unpopular, right? And no one likes to be accused of something, right, that they didn't do. Or or at least they don't like to be accused and be forced to pay for something, right, where uh, they don't even get their day in court. You're basically not even granted in court. A defense, right, to put up a valid defense, 
to come up with reasons, evidence, why they dislike, why they don't think they owe reparations. Right. But they, they want, they, they want to go around the rule of law. They want to go around the court system and they just want to railroad this through. So you may not agree with me, but I think this is a form of theft. It's illegitimate, right? This, these reparations, if they pass, they're illegitimate. Uh, it was never legitimized by, by court of law. So it's, it's illegitimate. It's a form of theft. So it's, it's a form of taking from one group of people who have to pay for reparations and giving it to black people. Unjustified because nothing was ever proved in court. Uh, so it's a form of theft. And most blacks agree with it. Most blacks want reparations because it benefits them. I guess they believe the nonsense that, you know, that, that somehow white people today have harmed them. Just some mysterious, you know, reason, systemic racism. Um, so most blacks agree with this. So most blacks, they don't realize it or they won't admit it, but it is a form of theft. And that's going to get me, you know, I talked about this yesterday or, uh, or earlier today about theft, or sorry, about crime in general. And I watched this Leonard Peikoff lecture about crime that I think I linked to here, where he describes, you know, what he thinks is the reason for, for, for crime or for criminal behavior or, or a criminal mind. He thinks it's the ideas that they hold in their head. And in this lecture, he uh, talks about some common characteristics or the essence of a criminal and, you know, the, it's like impulsiveness, resentfulness, anti-authority, anti-reason, anti-intellectual, anti-rationality. They don't really want to live in this world. They're not reasonable, right? They don't, they reject reality. They also, uh, and here's the big one, they think of themselves as victims. They think that we got illegitimately, and so... They think that other other people might abuse them or, or be out to get them, and so they uh, they're in, they're uh, they're they really think that um, uh, they're a victim. This mentality, everyone else is out to get them, so they're going to just act on their own impulses and and get what they want before someone else, you know, supposedly gets takes advantage of them. Um, they're also anti morality. Well, they're anti, they have their own moral code, I guess, but they're anti, like, they don't really care about other individuals' rights. Um, how does, you know, this really describes to me people that, that are pro-reparations, right? They're, they, they're, you know, claiming they're victims of some apparent crime that, that they can't prove in court. They don't, they don't want to prove in court because they have no evidence, Saying systemic racism is not evidence. It's not a reasonable argument. Um, so they think they're victims. They're anti-authority. Right? Black people tend to be very anti-police. They're anti-system, right? So they're anti. They think that everything works out works against them, right? The institutions we have. Um, they're very resentful. You know, most blacks have a hatred of white people. Not all, but a lot of them do. They grow up that way. Uh, that that goes back into the victim mentality. They think that that white people uh, have this unearned wealth, right? So they lump all white people together, you know. And part of the reason why they want reparations is they think that these white people earned their, their money through somehow exploiting black people or discriminating against black people. Uh, again, they need to prove these claims, I think, in court if they want reparations. But all of these ideas to me are false. Like what these blacks believe in 
it's fundamentally not consistent with reality. Um, you know, they have this victim mentality. They blame, they blame all their problems on white people. They resent authority. They resent the police, right? Time and time again, there's cases that come, come to light. And it's like the, the, the perp is like pointing a gun at a police officer and the police officer shoots back, you know, because they, they, they felt their life was being threatened and the black community rallies around and says this was unfair, right? Uh, so, so this is evidence of just unreasonable nature of black people in general. Um, it, in most cases too, uh, you know, a lot of white people are also unreasonable with these BLM, you know, police versus black perp cases. Um, and the high profile ones, I, I haven't looked into all of them, but the high profile ones definitely clearly exonerate the police officer. I mean, the Darren Wilson one with Michael Brown, like blacks just lied that his hands were up. I mean, they proved with forensic evidence, basically that he was charging. There's no way his hands were up. Uh, they might've been, you know, maybe out cause he was apparently charging, but there's no way he was just surrendering, you know? Um, so they just, they, they, they're unreasonable that they don't live in reality. Right. They, so the criminal mind, um, basically black culture, in my opinion, and what, what is being taught to blacks at home, in school, through CRT, it just encourages, it's just a breeding ground for more, to develop more and more and more black criminals. You know, and I have to say that if a, a black person is pro-reparations, which I think is theft, right? Now they're doing it through the state and it's somewhat legitimate if the state, you know, says okay, right? So I, I'm not going to say that somebody, some black person who's just pro-reparations, uh, is um, is a criminal, but I, I will say that they have a criminal mindset. I will say if they agree that they should just be given reparations, that's the criminal mindset. Now I'm not calling them a criminal, but I'm but because I'm saying reparations is a type of theft condoned by the state, if it is passed by the state, it's a criminal mindset that they, they think that they're owed something, right? And it's illegitimate, right? It's not, there's not, there's no court that approves it, right? That, the state might approve it, uh, but the but it is a theft itself if the state approves it without it having to go to a court again, uh, because the other side didn't get to you know um, have a defense at all. So yeah, it's really sad that um, a lot of white people too are just are, are okay with reparations, just going along with it. Now, if you are an honest white person who, who likes the rule of law, you, you might agree with me that this at least should go to court, right? Can, can reparation, the topic, at least go to court? Can we have black people bring a case and, and, and you know, bring their evidence and arguments, throw it all on the table, but let the other side have their arguments and evidence, right? And then let a jury decide. Can we at least agree that this should go to court and not just be passed by government? right, without having it being argued on both sides? Or is that too reasonable, too, for the white lefty liberals who like and support, you know, reparations? I don't know. But uh, if anyone wants to call in and give an opinion, you're welcome to, because um, i pretty much done with my rant here. Um, so if anybody has any comments or, or questions or thoughts, maybe, you know, you disagree with me, 
you are welcome to um, to call in and, and make your point. I do have time. I do have time. I know I've cut off north before. I apologize, but I do have time. I'm not going to cut you off in a minute here. I, I have some time. So if you want to call in again, uh, please do so. But, you know, even if you even if you like reparations, okay, I'll take Phil. Hello. Hello. Thanks for calling. Hey. hey. Um, I was listening to uh, some of what you were saying. Well, a couple of things. I was trying to understand. We first putting reparations aside because I think it may maybe the way I understand it, it different from how you're talking about when you're talking about like theft and different ways that it could it could be enacted. But to the more like general vibe of kind of the the generalizations that you're making um i'm just and it's not just you i'm just curious like whenever i hear in the right or the left like what what sort of the threshold um how many um people within a group do you have to see kind of acting a certain way before you kind of make some of the statements you've been making and sorry i can't i can't quote them right now but i mean if you you probably know what i'm talking about like sort of the generalizations about like when you say oh they just have this kind of mindset or they have this kind of culture like i was i'm always curious about that like i, I see people doing it on every side they're the um do you know what i mean what, what um, what's that what's that number that critical number across you say oh that's that's the quality that they have. Okay. Um, I guess it is. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, combining two different topics in one, in one uh, podcast, but I think I know your question. Um, it's not a specific number. It's just, it's just based off of averages. And of course it doesn't include everybody in one particular group. I know uh, that. Um, sorry. And, keep going. And let me just, maybe this will help. Um, so, uh, I, the, I, I linked to a, a lecture that is about a philosopher who is studying crime, not a particular group of people, just in general. And he came up with these uh, five characteristics that he believes a lot of criminals have, like career cr- criminals. Mm-hmm. And I was just noticing that, you know, a couple of those like anti-authority and, um, and, you know, victim mentality, I was just noticing that a couple of those happen to, I, I see those two traits pervasive in the black community, not, not, not every black person, but I feel like those two traits uh, are representative in a large pretty large number of blacks i could be wrong but that's just my speculation okay so so it's like a speculation i mean so yeah i'm not being declarative i'm basically just um making estimates and they could be wrong well that's a that's a good thing to sort of admit because i mean if you if you sort of like Except that, um, in a way, you, you're kind of dressing up 
with like language and maybe like a couple lectures what what really just kind of amounts to saying like i get i kind of get this vibe from this group of people like i'm not, I'm not trying to be um shitty about it no, uh i just that's fine. i just i just mean like it's just so interesting um because you you're doing it in a way that you know uh i don't hear people do as much because it's just so outrightly like you know you don't say stuff yeah, like this that is like, this is like controversial stuff so exactly exactly going and I, I i i am i am just as guilty too of being emotional you know lots of times and a lot of people totally, don't want to talk totally. about this because it's it's a very sensitive subject and it's highly offensive <laughs> but it's but it's really interesting if like um you kind of like if you accept that it is essentially like this is the vibe i get then it kind of lets you question it very deeply if if you notice maybe some of the other things i've seen you write and um some of your scheduling stuff i think it's you 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 you, you schedule shows and kind of make statements some of them are, are pretty interesting so you're obviously thinking about a lot of stuff but you you would probably ad admit that um they're provocative there's that, yeah, oh yeah yeah oh yeah for sure but there's a lot of there's a lot of factors that can really influence your perception that you know are i don't know really bias you and 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 separate you from what might be like a more realistic representation i see i'm not even going for the the low-hanging fruit here of like yeah you've already admitted you're like oh it's not all all of any one group it's like duh we both get that right i'm i'm trying to even get at something even deeper which is like um i just like you have this thing that persists beyond even admitting that it's not everyone from a group even beyond that you still have this feeling of like well this is a good way to paint the group this is like the vibe this is like like the emblem i stamp on on their culture or them and it's just it's interesting when you start to ask yourself like why is that what's in my head um i and again i, I, I see I, people I, do I, it on the left too i see people do it on on the left with, yeah. with other groups well you know and i've like everyone has sort of a different definition of what racism is, mm -hmm. and, you know, and I'm still trying to figure that out too, right? But if we can't even talk about what we think is racism and what's not, you know, you just get labeled a term, and you can't even ask questions, right? Yeah. So, so I am. I, I think this is a pretty good description. This is what I have working in my head right now. I am not a determinist, so if I stereotype somebody because I have limited information about the person, like I don't know their whole history, right? If I stereotype someone um, and I use, you know, maybe average statistics about somebody, yeah. I think that's being rational and reasonable. And I think it's a prediction again it's an estimate it's and it could be totally false my assumptions about someone but with limited information uh what else do you have to go on 
And so as long as you're not a determinist and you, you don't think, well, every single, you know, black person I meet is X, Y, and Z. I definitely don't think that, you know, I'm an, I'm actually an individualist, but I also, I also think that as, you know, a people we're allowed to make observations and I mean, in the absence of more information, we all are guessing about what somebody's like, you know, based on what they're wearing, their behavior. Uh, it could be anything. It could be their race. Like, you see a, a, a nerdy Asian guy, you probably think he's good at math. I mean, he may be awful at math, right? I, but, I, know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. So I think what I ask myself sometimes is, um, what, what's the benefit of squeezing out that extra bit of um you 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 seem to think about things like statistically you talk about averages and that's great so i i get kind of where you're coming from so you're like well if the statistics bear it out this way and i have no other thing to go on then there what what choice but I, i make it this way and you're like Okay, but what choice have you actually been asked to make? And in the real world, when you do actually have to make choices, the cost of getting that ex- extra information is usually so cheap. So you almost ask yourself, like, what are you really achieving by just whittling it down to those few features about which you've read? <laughs> you know, it, it's I'll, like, I'll you know, give you a good example, I think. Okay. Um. I didn't want to cut you off, but I do have a good, I have, I think a good, a good example. And I think, I think you get what I was saying. So it's cool. Yeah. So again, here's, here's a recent example in the news. And this is also offensive too, but take, for example, someone choosing a doctor. Mm-hmm. And this, this is maybe a little bit worse than I thought originally, but usually when you pick out a doctor, I mean, you can at least look up look up to see if they pass medical school. I mean, they usually have their schools on there. Um, but say you can't see their whole history and you don't know what kind of grades they got maybe in medical school. And we do have affirmative action, so they could have been let in with less scores. They may be a good doctor, but depending on the race, you know that the... the I, I know. Yeah, okay. So go ahead. So what I'm saying is the absence of information is I can't interrogate a doctor and say well, what was your grade on this? And what was your grade on that? You have to just pick one out. So um, you might go with the fact that, you know, we have affirmative action in this country and maybe you choose a certain doctor based on race um, with because there's limited information because it could be the best black doctor in the world. But given the fact that affirmative action is a real thing uh, and with limited information, you might use race to pick out a doctor. Uh, I understand what you're saying. So that's kind of an example that a little bit even goes to my point goes, if you were actually in that situation, you would probably, I don't know what you use, like ZocDoc or just you probably go on a website, you know, you would probably use a whole bunch of other features you would gather and reviews and then you'd actually go and Google their name besides it and you would end up gathering enough information to put together a picture and help you make a decision. But you sort of like, you're like, no, no, all you have is this one thing. And it's kind of like, like, look, look, I made you make a racist. You, you, you know, it's like, I, 
so I like I get what what you're doing, in a sense, but it's almost like, uh, is part of this that you're just frustrated that you can't even point those things out? But if you could, because you're not really saying much. I don't mean that in a mean way. Like it's like, um, well, you're almost like you know a lot. A lot of people say affirmative action backfires because it, it actually does backfire on the people that are truly qualified and, and like had the same scores to get in the, these, you know, Harvard say, say as some Asian guy, it hurts the mm-hmm. black people that actually have the same scores because what it does is it. When in that one way, the, in the one way you just pointed out, I, I think I get how you mean that, but does it also do, I mean, could you think of anything positive it like like what like i will even say like i get what you're saying like in that one way you just said i can see how how that makes sense but can you think of like any ways in which it could help like that's positive oh what could what could help affirmative action um well i think the goal of it was to to give you know representation to to groups like blacks or Hispanics or whoever, mm-hmm. you know, what make women too. I mean, women have a lot of affirmative action too in hiring and all kinds of stuff and promotions. I think it's to give this idea that you know women can achieve CEO or whatever, and, and blacks can be in these high positions too, and um, go to the best you know, law schools, Harvard or Yale or whatever. Um, so it's like a representation of a race in a high up position, let's just say. So that was, I think, the goal. Um, yeah, I think I know what you mean, but I'm actually asking you if in good faith you could um, like advocate, like, like actually say something, not like the goal, that you actually... Oh, that I think it's a positive. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's like there's a small chance it could, da 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 da. But just to like, I mean, I can come up with a couple, but like, I bet you could. Um, let's see. Well, I think to the extent that that there's you know blacks and and you know higher, whatever. Because maybe, maybe there's certain law firms that only hire from Yale. I don't know. Um, and to the extent that somebody might get hired at this prestigious law firm because they went to Yale, that's great because there are cases that maybe this prestigious law firm might take where, you know, having a, a black law partner who went to Yale is a really great thing for the case. Um, you know, maybe they understand their clients better. I don't know. Maybe they've got connections. I mean, that happens in business all the time. So, I understand why, you know, some companies want different groups of people to go through these, you know, uh, very selective schools. Um, okay. Can, can I, here, here's one just off the top of my head. Sure. Um, and it even involves like some like, you know, real talk about how, how people actually do, how, how some people really behave. So uh, uh, people, you know, I think there's a tendency for people to sort of um, act a little bit tribally and 
maybe um try to help out other people who are like seen as within their group yeah sorry yes yeah okay so so if that's true and you already have um and you don't have many of a certain type of group um in a position from which other people get pulled up to then to maybe help out push some up there first is to make it uh, is to kind of give like a foothold in a way um at least at least a foothold into that part of our of our nature now you might be like i hate that part of my but actually you don't seem like you would you, you seem kind of no, like, actually, like I, do talk reject, about it. I do reject that like um okay well i don't think that's a good reason to hire people if you're just hire. i mean I understand like the incentive to do that. If you're from a minority group, um, I do get it. I mean, you know, people tend to want to work with other people that look like them. They want somebody who has their same background. Um, but our tribal nature, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's something I'm, I'm not saying it's a good, to, it's a good thing. Like hard to treat people as individuals. I, and maybe that's impossible to do. But I think I think the part of the problem is I think um, there's certain groups of people who are way more tribal than others, like blacks, maybe Hispanics. You know, maybe we'll we'll hire somebody just because they're they're the same race, mm-hmm. and maybe they have valid reasons for doing so. I don't think white people tend to do that very often. Um, maybe Asian people do it; they probably do it too. Um, maybe it's just a natural thing to do. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, but I think it's I think it's part of our problem though we need to we need to get around the problem is is that if we went to a merit merit system a meritocratic system where you just went off of scores and and you 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 had com- you know uh you committed to not using race, mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people are willing to say that if we did that just based on the scores right now, it would be you know mostly Asian, white, Jewish people, you know, at all these top universities, and there'd be very small numbers of maybe Blacks or Hispanics. And and then that would affect hiring. It would affect, you know, prestigious positions in, in you know, government or other firms. And our, I don't think most white people even are willing to accept that. Most people on the right even would hate that. So... I actually think that that whether affirmative action gets overturned or not, I think that people will still do it. I think people are still going to do it because I don't think this country is willing to have this conversation. Honestly, you know, until we can get this, until we can figure out a solution to get everybody's scores up, right, so that everybody has the same scores regardless of race, on average. I mean, it's sort of an impossible thing to even think about. I think right now. Hmm. Yeah. Well, listen. Um. I just wanted to ask you about that. Um. Yeah. That's all I, I. I. I don't. I don't agree with. Um. I don't. I don't agree with. The the way you're generalizing. Um. Obviously, but I. I thought it was I I like the first half better. That the affirmative action thing. I I just don't know enough about it quite frankly. But the um, 
just the general. Do you think that? Oh, yeah. So, like the rep, I was talking about reparations, and do you think that that should have to be brought into a court? Um, I I don't. I have to admit, I'm a little bit ignorant about just what's, you know, what what would be a proper procedure in order to make anything like the rule. You know, I I don't tend to think that way, and I, I haven't read enough about it, so I don't know in court or should it be legislated. I'm, I just don't know, but I. In terms of like a more kind of um, from basics or ethics um, or, or, or notion of fairness, if I accept the idea that there is such a thing as like, um, like an accumulated like wealth that's passed down, and if I accept the notion that, there, that there's like a value to, to doing work, um, then it's pretty easy for me to understand or, or to construct some pretty good arguments for, for, for reparations. I don't know what it would look like, um, but it's kind of hard for me to see. What, I don't know. Like, yeah. What do you think about that? <laughs> or maybe you don't believe people should be able to pass things down, but like sort of fruits of labor. That, um, yeah, I talked about that, like, kind of recently, where I was, I was discussing, like, the difference between, um, you know, inherit, something that's inherited, private property, like, is that, I think it's unearned, I agree that people, they sense this sort of unfairness, right, where, if you just get something left to you from your rich grandfather, or whoever, it's a little mm-hmm. bit unfair to people who don't have a rich grandfather. Um, so I do, I do believe that this wealth is unearned. But um, since I believe in private property, and like that includes someone's you know ability to do whatever with that property that they that they want to, um, giving it to a grandson I think is legitimate. Now we can all sort of say that you got your wealth unfairly but i think it's still legitimate um okay so so if someone you know whether you want to think about um you know get getting through just having the property or through doing work that's unpaid if someone has something that like not rightfully like we're not talking about what the laws were then but just according to like our agreed kind of rules of what's fair they do a whole bunch of work right and then you just don't they don't get to keep passing down what comes of it i know this whole thing is fucking absurd to talk about it this way but like i'm trying to kind of meet you in like the 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 rules that that you kind of are feeling so don't doesn't it seem to you like okay so what all that value i made it just went poof (laughs) So yeah, that's like kind of. This is where, like, our sense of what's right and wrong. Everybody who thinks, like, back to, like, you know, when people were slaves or whatever, they totally agree that it was completely, I mean, not only just awful, but, you know, robbing people of their life, their liberty, right, their free will. 
you know, also, you know, forcing them to work. I mean, the whole thing is just awful, terrible. Um, they would agree no, that but even should be should have been yeah, compensated. And potentially they could have saved some wealth, right, if they were free and then passed it on. Um, I think the issue is going back so far. And I think with the law, so the law is really strange. And it, it basically has rules about who you can, um, you know, take to court. And you tend to think, I mean, you, you when, a, when, when someone is accused of a harm, they themselves are accused and you can't really penalize their grandchildren necessarily. So you have to think about, well, who would make the person whole? And then the grandchildren of descendants of possible slaves actually were not directly harmed themselves. So it's a very complex issue you know, with generations and trying to see, well, who owes who what, who, you know, who, who is harmed? Is there a real harm here? Um, It's a very complicated thing. Can I jump in real quick? Because it's interesting, it's interesting because we just kind of moved together from like, it feels like we moved from, oh, like, you know, what, how is that even a thing to talk about to like, um, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense, but, you know, it's it's an accounting nightmare. But that's interesting, right? Because that's different. That's a different response to the question. Just saying, like, you know, the law is complicated and... Yeah, that's a very oh, good, you're... good. Yeah. I commend you on that one. That's a good, that's a good one. <laughs> um, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good thinking. Um, so one of the arguments against reparations is not, you know, I'm just telling you <laughs> just for the like for the purposes of an example. Um, one of the arguments that uh, against saying, oh, well, it's too much, right? Oh, we can't afford this right now. Our country's kind of broke or whatever, or there's this recession. One of the arguments against like giving that argument <laughs> maybe to, to go against reparations is that you're, you are conceding the point. You're basically saying, well, we just can't figure out how to pay. Maybe that you know we'll have to figure out a payment plan. <laughs> so you're right, but my feeling of um, I feel bad for the the people that were forced under slavery to work. <laughs> um, anybody can feel bad for them, but that's very different than really, um, you know, saying well, who if we were to make them whole, you know who would we pay? You know, they're great, 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 whatever. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of get your point, but at the same time, it's, it's more than just a technicality based on accounting. The example I gave you is, a, is an example of a technicality based on accounting. It's kind of conceding the argument. I'm not really conceding the argument here. Um, I'm not, I'm not trying to use the law as an excuse, but the law <sighs> The law, I think, makes this objective. It, it, it makes us say, well, who caused who harm? That way we know, you know, we have the right people paying for that harm if they can prove it. If that, I don't know if that, that's not really. I, I think it kind of makes sense. But if I, if I zoom out for a second, some of the way you're talking about some of the other issues, you seem like, like 
you like to think in a way sometimes that's kind of like outside the law. Like you would look at something like affirmative action is law, but you you look at it and you inspect it and you're like, it it doesn't mean anything. it's the law. I want to talk about what's what's right. And you, so you point out these things. You're like, if you do this, then it's going to cause people to behave like this. So, so you know, the law, it, it's like it is what it is. I don't know much about it, I, I will admit. So I like to try to talk about things the way we were, where it's like, you know, what what kind of makes sense? What, what do we think is fair? Um. I think that's very astute, actually. Um, and you're right. You're right to say that I tend to, I sometimes will talk about affirmative action almost like it's illegal, right? But that's really my, my, my own personal, you know, beliefs coming out in a way. Because technically it is legal. You're right. Technically there was a executive order, I think, that granted affirmative action. Uh, and that, that hasn't, to my knowledge, it hasn't been repealed. So you're right. Technically, like, it's the law that affirmative action is, uh, is, is lawful, right? So it's, it's currently being challenged. Uh, you know, I was going to go up to the Supreme court, but yeah, you're right. It is technically the law right now. I mean, no one who's a pro who is, uh, well, you know, it's lawful on the books until they say it's unconstitutional until they give it a different opinion. But right now you're right that, that it is lawful and my opinions about it, are just my opinions so i'll give you that right but but i was actually i was hoping it would go the <laughs> other way where, where you just sort of like say it's good that i'm giving those opinions because i want to talk about what i think is right not that i agree with you on the front but, but 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 then then you take that vibe and bring it back towards the reparations and um but anyway but i i i feel you there um it, yeah so I, I'll tell you um, back to the reparation. So it's interesting because, you know, when we get to this point where we're saying, um, you know, how will we get it done? If, if you tried with, do you ever try with your mind to just be the advocate kind of, of, of the other side, but like truly in good faith, like, even in your own mind, like to the advocate, yeah, advocate on the other, advocate on the other side, because I can almost hear you, the types of arguments you could come up with on the other side, where you say, um, yeah, in some respects I do, and I wouldn't say that I advocate, but I definitely will bring up arguments that the other side could use. So I, I, I had a, I had a show on, um, um. <laughs> I brought to the attention this lawyer who's a professor who, who I guess wrote a paper, a law paper, saying how, how affirmative action doesn't go far enough and that they could use the disability law, the ADA. And she was saying not that black people were disabled. I mean, she is a black person, so why would she say that they're disabled? She just said that in the environment of a black person in this environment that maybe you know, the United States created these institutions in this environment that doesn't represent our people or culture. Uh, we can claim that we're not disabled as people, but but we're disabled in this environment and that the ADA laws, the disability laws should apply to us. And I thought that was super creative and interesting. And I thought she was a great thinker. Like, I, I, I haven't explored what else she's written. Um, 
But if you look up ADA law, disability law, it's better than like just using civil rights law. It actually compels businesses to make accommodations for people that are, you know, legally considered disabled. Um, and if you've been following the news, just I'll just make one more one more statement. If you've been following the news, uh, the ADA was just expanded to include, I think, transgender uh, people. So that's 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 very interesting. This is a new a news item just like a couple days ago. Hmm. But but if I can understand, may, maybe I didn't use words right, like uh, when I said advocate. Um, but what is it? A, maybe I, and I also don't fully totally understand what what was that um person trying to. What what is it do you like about that arg- argument? You just think it it's creative because because um, of what it can achieve, or, or um, what, what makes them disabled? You know what I mean. No, I don't. I don't think blacks are disabled. She, she's oh. so. What I thought was interesting about it was that she's trying to use a different group of laws. Like, so the disability laws protect. Certain okay, you yeah. thought it was like crafty. Yeah, crafty, crafty in a way. Yeah. And you know, I mean, that's great. Like, you know, typical like hackers. You know, when you think about hacking and programming. They're always trying to find ways, sort of around something something that they can maybe exploit or like a loophole or are you are familiar with crypto at all <laughs> anyways I, I am very familiar with it because my friend is always trying to have a lot of arguments against it oh i'm against it too <laughs> and mostly <laughs> now mostly now i say that but i also play the other side uh, of it as well um but what i found interesting about it was you know, her ability to think about how they could use a different type of laws and how that might be better to get, you know, better anti-discrimination or whatever her goal was uh, to, to try to use the ADA, which is a, a whole other set of laws that aren't even passed. And it would be easy to just potentially, uh, exp- you know, expand them um, to include, you know, potentially black people. Um <laughs> Now it was I was kind of making fun of it at the time, uh, just because you know a lot of people would laugh and say, "Well, why would you put this whole group of people, a race of people, under this disabled law? You're calling a whole group of people disabled, and that's obviously terrible." But you know, she explains it like saying that, "Well, it's no, it's just the environment that creates this this systemic, you know, if you want to use the language of today, systemic racism in quotes." Um, right, it, it creates some kind of inherent disadvantage. This this culture Wait, that did, in. May, maybe this is a bad idea to get into, but you don't you, when when you sort of do the quotes thing. It, I mean, you're obviously like signaling you, you don't really believe in um these are real kind of ideas or these are there's a real thing such as that, right? Uh, wait, what did I put in quotes? I'm just oh, gonna... uh. Did you say stru- structural? I did. I did. Oh, yeah. Like I just, I put it in quotes because I technically don't agree with the idea that there's systemic racism. So I put or it in quotes. systemic racism. Yeah, it's a real thing, but like it's just something that I don't agree with. But I, I use that as just a way to explain. I think what this law professor was going with in her paper, wait, which I wait, actually wait. read in the entire. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Sis, it, 
<laughs> Systemic racism seems like such an easy thing to kind of prove. I think it's, I think it, I think it, it's really hard to prove. I think, I don't even know how to try it. Well, if, if you have, um, when we talk about racism, I guess, so I, I'm not always good with definitions, but can we agree? Um, it's, if you, if you set up a, a way of making decision decisions, um, or, or a ranking or some kind of, yeah, decisions, let's say, um, based off of uh, race. That's very simple, right? And that, that that's not, not a bad place to start from, right? So we talk about racism. So, you, you know, you, you, you set up your world and the delineations and the decisions based off of race. Can we kind of agree on that? You know what? I'm I don't I'm not an expert, um, but I have been listening some, to some different arguments about the founding fathers, and I have you know hopefully this answers your question or relates. Um, but I have to say that I do somewhat. There's there's certain parts of arguments by Hannah Nicole Jones that actually make some sense. I mean. I don't think she's just completely off a rocker. I mean, I don't agree with obviously everything she says, but she does say that this was this country was founded uh, by white people, and they didn't intend on, on really. I mean, they had these ideas of equality, but but for who, right? I think that that there's evidence to suggest that they only really envisioned other Europeans coming here. So they meant equality among a certain group of people. Now, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe maybe the sources I've read are wrong. But what if that is a legitimate claim? What if that's actually true? And then that would make sort of what Hannah Nicole Jones is saying about our founding somewhat true, that it didn't mean equality for every person on the planet. It just meant equality among a certain group of people. And if that was the case, which was they did deny Black people the vote, they denied women, white women the vote, too, for a long time. So they clearly didn't really believe in equality. So I think this just is like the right just just makes this case that the founding fathers who lived in 17 whatever, you know, just believed in equality. When I think it'd be more honest to really debate the issue. I mean, I don't know what it is either way. I mean, some some probably did and some probably didn't. But I'd like to know what the thoughts were of the day and maybe Maybe, you know, part of what Hannah Nicole Jones says is, is somewhat true. Oh, wait. To, wait, in my head, we just jumped, like, in such a different place. Because I was trying to, like, talk about systemic racism. And so I was trying to first establish just what the definition of racism is. And then talk about maybe how, um, if you have a system that already gets set in motion and ends up having, like, certain outcomes, da, 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 I don't know. But what did it have to do, though, with um, the founding fathers and all that? I just uh, well, well, so your comment just made me think of, you know, to the founding, right? It just made me think, maybe I went back too far, but it made me think of, um, it, there, is a, there is a legitimate claim for, for Black, I think, in this country to say that this country didn't have them in mind, let's just say. And so perhaps this, this systemic, you know, white systemic racism, well, I don't know the term, it's like systemic racism, yeah, systemic racism, 
perhaps it persisted to some degree. Now, I would I would actually challenge that and say that we've changed a lot. You know, I'm kind of smearing the founders of the mode, mud, and I don't know if I, I I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm just saying that I've heard arguments that said that the founding fathers weren't really open to really real equality. Like they didn't mean all people and all genders. They just meant you know a certain stock of people. Wait, but I'm trying to even do something more simple. So let's say, let's you know, you have a criminal justice system, okay? And and at some point, there a law gets made um, that 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 has different kinds of punishments for different drugs, and drugs that one group does a lot more, another group does the other one, and then whatever, whether we agree or not that this actually happens, but in our thought experiment, you somehow wave a magic wand and all the actual racist people become unracist, just magically, okay. But that law, that part of that system still exists, and so it still does its work. It's it, That's why I was trying to establish just a very simple okay. definition. So it's very simple without... without Okay. Um, I th- okay. I think I get what you're saying. Can you give me an example of a law? It can be. It can be allowed. It can be a law now or in the past, where the law is um, racist or or. Do you mean? Do you mean dis disparate impact, or do you just mean that it discriminated uh, against a certain people explicitly? You know, it's an interesting question because. I think um, I've heard people look at things in a more um, sort of frozen in time, like they like take a snapshot and they're like, um, this has different outcomes for different groups, right? And I actually think that that is a bit more complicated. So I almost like don't even want to go there. We can if you want, but first I just want to establish the systemic racism and how it could exist so easily, which is... If a law actually, I, I can actually, let's say I could show you that it was made with like a sort of a racist intent in mind, and it actually had uh, uh, disparate outcomes and, and a racist effect, mm-hmm. and it's encoded and it propagates, then how can we not say that it's sort of embedded, you know, it's like worked into the like the system. I'd like to, to focus on maybe an example, and I, I think I have one. Maybe you can tell me if this is good. Or not. Maybe sure. ger- like maybe gerrymandering would be a good one to talk about. Gerrymandering, as I understand, is is kind of like when they're changing the boundaries. The the politicians wield power to sort of change boundaries how they can in order to sort of ensure that different groups have power over the different districts, right? Yeah, I think that's how, right. How, um, like so so the ha- fact that that's allowed, um, that's interesting. That's an interesting one. It is interesting, and it, it, it's kind of a crazy thing. But wait, how? I was gonna trying to go simple, just like the the crack and cocaine thing, because because you know I I thought a lot of stuff like that happens. So there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, systemically racist things that are still sort oh, okay. of um, they're still sort of ringing around the echoing so, around. Okay around the hall, you know? So I I don't really have a really good opinion about, you know, drug, drug law. I tend to, you know, I I tend to think that 
it's worse when we criminalize it because it's just going to be on the black market. And then uh, now, so what if we had all every drug available to everybody? I mean, that, that would be a different type of society. But I think you want to focus on the fact that some, some drugs are allowed and maybe preferred by white people or whatever. And then some drugs are criminalized. That maybe, I don't know, a different group of people like to enjoy. Um, uh, yeah, I was just trying to come up with one example um, we agreed on of systemic racism. Yeah, I mean, is that systemic racism? I think that might be going a little far to call it that. I think you'd have to improve it. I think you would have to prove intent where they pass these laws against maybe certain drugs that maybe blacks like to use more frequently. Um, I think they'd have to prove intent where they want to explicitly limit harm on a certain group of people by race versus maybe they just maybe they just were anti hard drugs and maybe they thought well these drugs are really bad uh, we would like to prevent people to the extent that we can from getting addicted or using them um so you could be anti you know crack or cocaine you know making it legal you'd be you know vote for making it illegal without having a racial mindset you could just be anti drug in general uh, so I think you'd have to go a step further and prove intent to harm a certain, like a certain race of people, to prove the claim that that this law in particular, you know, was systemic systemic racism. Does that well, make it? It makes a lot of sense, but maybe that very sort of more rigorous sort of threshold you just set up. Mm-hmm. What if you took that and used it for? You know, some of the things you were, you see, that's what's always interesting is like, like now you, you're, you, you want to be very rigorous about it, which is fine. But, but, you know, in the beginning of when, when I first tuned into this, you, you were um, kind of doing what we kind of agreed was like, I, f- I feel like these people. Well, uh, are this way, and it's just kind of the vibe I have. Well, I, I really like the fact that you called, because I, I learn something whenever someone else speaks. I mean, if I'm just talking to myself, I don't have anybody to push back on me, right, to, to comment, to have any, you know, other ideas, and I, you know, to I'm not really thinking that much. Like, I try to, I love to think. <laughs> and so I try, I do these things to think, really, and I record my thoughts. But it helps me think if I have somebody challenge me. So that's right on. That's cool. I I think that this law, you know, to take this drug law that we're talking about. Um, yes, I I I concede that it would have disparate impact if you know this was a drug of choice of a certain you know racial group or whatever. They'd be affected more from it. Um. So. In a way, you know, it, it is affecting them more. Uh, it has a disparate impact. But I think we have to, like, I would like to judge laws in this country not based off of which group they, they hurt more or help more. And I know that we just naturally tend to go there. But, but more based off of um, um does it does it make sense to have this law in the first place? I mean, does it make sense to have any drug law? Does it make sense to have laws against, you know, voting fraud or, or I don't know, theft or murder? I mean, 
some kind of a more objective sense of should this law even be on the books? I mean, should we even have tax law? I mean, I, right. Yeah. Right. Like, is it legitimate or not? Kind of thing. That's how I like to judge the law. But I know we as humans, we're going to say, well, this law affects me more and it's unfair. So I totally, I totally get that argument. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like policing. Policing is a good one to talk about because, um, you know, maybe, maybe some people in the black community don't like a uh, certain traffic violation law or something. And they would just prefer the law to be different. They prefer this not to be a crime, like speeding. Oh, it's not a big deal. Why does this have to be a crime? Or you could take any any kind of law. Um, it's just a it's it's a group of people that decide the laws that they want to live under in their country, you know, based off of their collective opinion, sort of voting. Uh, and different groups of people might have different values and different types of laws they want to enforce and not enforce. So. Um, I totally respect that different groups, different racial groups have different ideas about what the law should be. And perhaps we can work something out where, you know, maybe part of the country, this is why we have states too, because states have different laws. Now, not, they don't vary that widely, right? But they could because different states could do different things. So if you want to be part of a different state that, that legalizes potentially all drugs, as long as the, you could convince the feds to let the states you know, decide, then potentially our differences among groups of people or, you know, people have different values. Even in, even in a racial group, people have widely different ideas and values. They could potentially move to a state that, you know, decided to enforce some laws and not others. So maybe that's the solution. I don't know. Maybe. Um, I'm going to go to sleep, but it was, uh, it was good talking to you, um, and I'll, yeah. I'll call back and we'll uh, debate some more stuff. <laughs> Thanks for uh, calling in. I had fun. Yeah, me too. All right, bye-bye. All right, bye. Hey, Lindsay, how you doing? Hey, sorry. I, I, uh... <laughs> no, it, it was good. Uh, I saw you guys going uh, back and forth, uh, nothing ugly or anything, but let me tell you why there's no systemic racism. When we just had, not long ago, a black president, two black attorney generals, a staff of 400 people that served that black president known as Obama, that were mostly black. We have a lot, many senators that are black from many states, especially the blue states, and not to count Georgia, the red state. Uh, when we have many high-profile people in soccer, basketball, all the great leagues, baseball, great actors. Is that a sign of systemic racism? No. Systemic racism is created by the left and it's, and it's propagated over and over by the propaganda machine known as the government media complex. They want to always go into the path that they know much has been overcome through civil rights. A death of a great man like Martin Luther King kicked that into power and solidified it. Yet they still want to bank on the lynches of the 40s and 30s and 20s, 1900, the Jim Crow law. That's all they have. They want reparations for something that happened to those generations, maybe six generations back, that they, they know very well they, they're not entitled to have no, no, no 
justified, uh, no justification to get that money or any type of benefit from, from, uh, from their ancestors because really reparation is for the victim, not the ancestral victim, but the victim and not, and not four gener or five generations after it happened, okay? So what's systemic racism? If, if you were to hear people like the libertarian that was running here in California, the Republican, the, the Larry Elder, the, the former attorney and radio host, the Sage of Compton, he was also known like that. Uh, we follow him, we, they're called, we're called El Dorado following him. He said it very clear, systemic racism is non-existent in the United States. It's used as a ploy by the left to continue pushing, pushing a narrative to really put blacks down, to make them look like the victims of society. And that is not right. It's not right because you do no justice to the great leaders like Fred, Frederick Douglass, W.E.B. Du Bois, like, uh, like the ones I mentioned, W.E.B. Du Bois, Frederick Douglass, and, and Tucker, I think, what was it? Uh, I forgot one more. And you don't make no justice to black Americans that gave us plasma like from Charles Jew, from Charles Jew Medical Center, named after him, who was a scientist who gave us blood plasma that is used everywhere today. And all the great inventors and 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 men and men that have been in politics that grew, that that uh, graduated from great universities went into politics under the Republican, eventually Democrat. You do no justice to all those men. You do no justice to Malcolm X. You do no justice to 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 Martin Luther King. You do no justice to the great who's still living, Thomas Sowell, who used to be a Marxist, then became conservative over time. You do no justice to men who have come about. You do no justice to Ben Carson. You do no justice to the education of people like Barack Obama that came came out of he came out of pretty much a white neighborhood from a white family you know despite that he was from 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 a Kenyan father non African lineage African American referring to but directly African from from Kenya or from his father's side mother from Kentucky so where is the disparity where is the injustice. Well why don't we talk about the black on black violence instead of saying that the police are like in the words of LeBron James there every time he steps out of his very, very elitist, expensive mansion that he lives in, that every time he steps out the doors, there's there's he's got to watch himself because they're on the hunt for black men. They're well, not on the hunt me, for uh, him. Go ahead. Let me, uh, let me comment on what you said real quick. Um, so I did appreciate our my guest here who was actually trying to somewhat define it like present you know an example of a law where he could we could try to unpack what you know what what is what are they like because maybe we don't agree with systemic racism but let's try to unpack it let's try to figure out what do they mean by it what what do they actually mean by this and i thought it was very instructive you know, him presenting this, this law that um, potentially, you know, if we're going to criminalize a certain drug that maybe the African, you know, American community enjoy more, is that somehow systemic racism? Is that an example of it? Now, I think okay. that that's very different from reparations because reparations is, is payment for some kind of harm versus he, he gave an example of uh, just a law that perhaps African Americans feel more, you know, disparate impact in a sense, or that they just don't approve of. 
Um, to be fair, we were talking about systemic racism, so I was asking for an example of a law that he thought embodied this principle. And can I chime in? I would sure. have loved to have answered him. Many laws of affirmative action. Right now, I don't know if you heard the article. Uh, a particular school district, I forgot the city or state, that the first employees to be fired will be white and not black. What about oh, okay. all these? Uh, what about in Harvard and all these great Ivy League schools not allowing white and Asian who tend to be the top performers, especially Asian, to get into medical school, to get into dental school and into law, but ra rather bring down the standard and allow people by color because of their so-called inequalities. So now we're going to have an inequality, uh, a, a reverse racism on people that don't deserve it just to allow uh, people of color Hispanic, Blacks, and anybody that they feel is marginalized and intersectionality and all that, to come into th th these uh, positions of power, positions, you know, because eventually yeah, you will I, be in, in as, a, as an attorney or as I a doctor. That, I think the so, distinction is, if it's systemic racism, it has to be codified in the law that is discriminating against a certain race. So but but first of all, it's got to be proven. <laughs> It has to be proven. Right. You already well, yeah. came out of a presidency yeah. that we had a black president. If we were an apartheid state like South Africa was in the 1990s, then you think blacks would be getting into positions of power? You think there'll be black entrepreneurs? You think there'll be black uh, political, well, political figures and for, actors? They vote for them. Like if the people vote for them, they could get into those positions. Uh, yeah, there, but there you think they would be allowed... Lot. Just like an apartheid state in, in South Africa, yeah, blacks were not allowed to vote. Explicitly, like, told them that they can't get that position. Exactly. So, so I'm saying if there was a systemic racism, why is it that some blacks that came out of the ghettos have done really good in school? Like Ben Carson, he came out, I believe, out of the Cabrini Green uh, neighborhoods of Chicago, right? And he rose up to prominence. You know, it took I, I him think, time. He had to earn meritocracy, yeah. right? I do think so, that systemic racism does not accurately describe what it is that what it is what it is that they're trying to fix i think that you're right i think that like in, systemic in, racism in the, in, in, is in the state is, of texas in the state of let me, texas let me, remember let me, let me, okay go ahead me, go ahead sorry let me just finish this one little statement uh so systemic racism i think to me means it's systemic in that it's inside of our institutions or inside of our laws so it has to be it has to be coming from a source that explicitly says this racial group of people can't do this or this or or actually in the case that you described, you know, our, our laws right now say that uh -huh. that businessmen must have a certain amount of, you know, unru you know, minorities or black people at their business. So they're by force. They're sort of forcing businesses to hire uh, by by race at least to some degree. And that's, that you could say is systemic because it's, it's systemic. You, you know, Lindsay, I, would, I would agree with you if any laws were like that, but that back in the 1940s, Jim Crow laws, black restrooms for colored people, white restrooms, schools for mostly black under, under um, not compared to in the segregated states of the South. In no way were they at the standard or level like the white, like the white schools, academia. So I, I would believe if there was such a thing, if there was a disparage, a true inequality, a true racism, you cannot go to the restaurants. They would have a sign 
no 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 shoes no clothes uh no shirt no hey, entry and at the bottom it said question for you do you think uh that that it's okay for private businesses to discriminate in what way so right now our government forces businesses when they're hiring to discriminate. They have to hire so many minorities or else they're gonna be sued, right, for discrimination. I believe so, that's wrong too. I believe that's wrong too. Again, this is on quotas and businesses unfortunately have to follow. Um, wait, they're so not basing it on, on, on any type of, uh, wait, yeah, I believe, wait. yeah, to a certain extent it is wrong. It, just like affirmative action is wrong. Wait, what and is many wrong? Things, it's wrong everything's for wrong. Discriminate it's or wrong. It's wrong all these laws are wrong. You cannot force a business unless you have a particular law to, to have a quota on a business, if you meet the certain criteria, you meet the certain quota of having so many people, instead of basing it on a pool of employees or potential prospective employees that could battle to get those positions. positions. But when you have, but when you have, hold on, when you have a, a, a job uh, just recruiting and they know that person signs up and say, well, they're going to hire me, I'm black, or they're going to hire me, I'm Hispanic, or Asian, or, or I'm a woman. Then that's not really fighting for the job that you want. So that's in, in, fa in fact entitlement. You know, the difference between like the government discriminating versus like a private business discriminating. Why is it? Why don't we think it's bad for the government to discriminate, but we're we're kind of okay if a businessman does it? No, but it's actually bad on both sides. Now the government tends to tends to take a a much higher a much higher type of uh, kind of discrimination in comparisons to, to the, the, the private employer. Why? Because the government now, through bureaucracy, through the laws in the book, now will, without any kind of, let's say, a bias like a owner of a company, but now through bureaucracy will try to impose itself through the laws that here, we got to meet this quota. But like nobody, it's not a business, it's not a private business, nobody owns it. Uh, we're well, going to give it to some. The way that I think about it, the way that I think about it is it's wrong for the government to discriminate because we want objective rule of law. We want objective laws. And it's not really objective if they're, you know, making laws that discriminate, you know, in favor of one group or the other um, exactly. versus, you know, so so these are laws our government makes versus, um, you know, in the private sector, we may frown upon a business discriminating. But we allow people to discriminate when they shop for products or, or services. Yeah, but look at the type of discrimination. Like, for example, when I choose a girl to go out with from a particular race uh, culture at school, I get to choose. I get to discriminate from the sure. ones I want and the ones all, I don't want. So is that the kind of discrimination that's equivalent to racial discrimination, like in our institutions or what whites did oh, to black? We, no, we have I, to be I'm discriminating. I'm discriminating based on taste, on my desire yeah. of the female that I and like. That is fine. That is, I, you know, yeah. I, agree, I agree with that. Now, it sounds now, bad. Now, 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 now let's put that on a judge. Why, let's put that on a judge in a court. Man, why does a businessman not get to discriminate when he when he's hiring? Right. Mm -hmm. it, I, I think that, you know, just like you want to choose whoever you want to date, right, that we shouldn't force you to go out with a certain number of, you know, I don't know, black females or something just because you need, want to have a quota or whatever. I mean, we shouldn't make businesses, you know, force them to hire individuals based off race either. Let me give you a, a modern day example from 2014, 15. Remember Master Cake uh, a cake Shop in Colorado, uh, Phillips? Uh, uh, 
Oh yeah, the, the owner of okay, okay. So he didn't want to bake a cake for for a dear gay old couple, right? It went against his religious values. They made how for several years till it went to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court uh, favored him. He's in court again because a uh, uh, um, you know unscrupulous lawyer wanted to use a similar case, but with a trans. So he's back in court. Now they've been he's been made a target to try to be made an example and and and, and the gay and lesbian community has knows very well it's been losing against the church because you're you're not going to deprive people from first amendment okay so now you have jack phillips he won and he's most likely going to win again if he hasn't won already what does it mean can a person not discriminate based on their religious convictions if i don't feel to be making a particular take cake let's say let's say it's a genitalia of a male for gay people right you want me to bake a cake with a big old penis of a man with a big set of, 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 uh, of yeah. testicles oh, and, and it, it, you know, with the LGBTQ colors and all that for a particular couple. If I say I, I don't do that, but I'll refer you to someone who might cater here's to you. A, here's a great example that, that, that this is where this goes. Okay. So I don't know if you, do you, do you listen to Peter Schiff or do you know who this is? He commented. I've heard of Peter Schiff, but I don't listen to him. Go ahead. Okay, so I've been a long time listener of his. He he commented on this the gay cake baking thing, and uh -huh. he he took it where it where the ultimate you know where it could go essentially. So he took it to uh, prostitution, right? Where a prostitute, say this a woman or say it's a guy, a male prostitute, um, he could now be forced to have sex with another, say male. Maybe he's just maybe he only has sex with females for money. I mean, right? Because it is legal technically in what Nevada? Nevada, so in certain maybe parts. Maybe some yeah. gay, some gay customer says, "I'd really, you know, he he didn't want to have sex with me. Like I I I I looked him up. I wanted his services, and he discriminated against me because I'm a I'm a gay, I'm a gay guy. Like he just has sex with with straight women apparently. Now, so the court could basically force this male prostitute who does it for a living, right? Where it's le where it's perfectly legal, whether you know whether you like prostitution or not. I mean, I'm not a big fan of it, but you know, whatever. Um, but he can now force this 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 guy to like have sex with him. Can you can you believe this is this is like where this law goes? What are wow. your what are your thoughts on that? No, it's a completely different matter. You're talking about no, sex. It's, uh, no, it's the same. So no, well, well no, the, 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 the reason is pro prostitution is still illegal in pretty much 50, 49 no, states. No, but let, let's talk about where it is legal. It's legal, I guess, in Nevada. Okay. Yeah, but you know what? When it comes down to consensual sex, uh, that's between the couple. If but a it's prostitute not consensual. Wants to... he's, he's selling a service. So he has a clientele that pays him to have sex for money. So if some exactly. male, so if an, so if somebody says, hey, he won't actually have sex with me uh, because I'm a male and he only takes female clients, that's some kind of yeah. discrimination. And that's, that should be perfectly allowed. The guy is in his sexuality. In, in what he, if he's heterosexual and he doesn't do gay guys, then he doesn't do gay guys. If yeah, he only does, yeah. but if, if the guy was bisexual, it wouldn't be a problem. And he could, he but could still discriminate as a bisexual point, because it's point, by choice. It's whoever he is, likes. Yeah. The point is, is that as a business owner, you can, you should be able to discriminate if you want to. It doesn't matter yeah. what service you're selling. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter, you know, if you hire people or not. You should be allowed to say no. I don't want to, you know. Sorry, go somewhere else. Like I don't want to fulfill your need. I, exactly. I don't want to do the service. Or, or be be polite and say we don't service this particular group. We have our reasons why. But I could tell you when they tell you you have another business that does cater to this group. Okay, leave it at that. 
but they don't want to leave that. So the, the whole the whole cake baking lawsuit yeah. was based off of this guy that just wanted to punish, you know, the religious views. Exactly. So he had a point to prove. And at the end of the the day, the one that got speared were the gay couple. Why did it have to be so nasty? Because you cannot respect a person's choice not to. It's about to prove power. It's, it's not so about. It's about power with the gay community. They they yeah. they're they're they're. They're they're targeting every institution possibly to try to conquer it. That's the pr- problem that the school system with CRT, with indoctrinating children with LGBTQ curriculum, and the, what is the reactionary uh, process of the Republicans in the state of Florida, Governor Ron DeSantis making laws to to set the record straight with the uh, with the school system of the parental right to education, the so-called "Don't Say Gay" bill, which has nothing to do with gay, which empowered the parents to to not allow their children or not permit the school system to be indoctrinating children at a young age about a sexual curricula, about sex, sex ed, basically. So, if, if I mean, does it have to come down to this point where common sense, a lot of these people lack common sense from the gay community, from black, from all these groups, that we have to make another set of laws to protect parents and children from indoctrination, from a type of perversion? Come on, I mean, where's it going to come to? If people t- are telling you, I do not do that for the gays, respect that. Well, what about if it would have been? Uh, yeah. What about if it would have been a Muslim, a Muslim baker, and he says, "I don't do that for gays," and he uses a pejorative uh, term, "faggot." He says, "I don't do that for that group." Go f yourself. So, so would they have gone thing? after them? Would they have gone after that Muslim baker? I, I hardly doubt they would have. I so, hardly doubt they. So they they just went after Christian, which is very so really wrong. Where, Go ahead. What happens? What happens? Let me ask you a question if you have time. What happens if affirmative action gets overturned? And on another question for you is: um, If we don't have affirmative action, do you agree that less blacks will be in positions of power? Right, and then what does that do to them? Do they resent you know this country even further? I mean, are we going to have? No, this is going to happen. How do we have this? How do we have this conversation? This is going to happen. This is going to happen, Lizzie. Wait, wait, wait. How do we have this conversation with people to explain? You know why they don't see you know certain representation at certain high levels of you know government or whatever. Okay, it's the same thing. Uh, let me give you an example, and I, I hope I kind of answer your question about the blacks not coming into power if they, if they do away with affirmative action. I took an electronic course at Pasadena Community College years ago, up to 2019, just before the turnaround when COVID came in. Okay, so my teacher told me a white male Lutheran. Real, really well educated from Cal State, uh, Cal Poly Pomona University. A good, good hearted, down to earth man. Love that man. His name is Thomas. Would love to see them, see him again in that class. I learned a lot, um, Lindsay. And you know what happened? What I seen? He said, he told us in the class, I've done everything. If there's 20 students in the class and there's only three females, he goes, don't blame it on me. I've gone to every forum, to every meeting, to every every program for women's rights, for feminists, for this, that. I've been with other teachers, and I've done everything, even on my own time when I'm not paid, to promote the STEM, meaning the science, technology, engineering, mathematics classes, which electronics, engineering, and electronics tech, uh, to be an electronic technician, rightfully falls into. I've done everything to blow the blast open the doors so that women could come in, gays could come in. He goes, you cannot ever hang that over my head just because I'm a white man. I've done everything by the book to try to meet the quota. Now, if people are not showing up to 
to compete for those positions, which is not difficult to get into the class, but you have to prove yourself in the class in order to get an A, a B, a C, whatever grade you get. So he said it very clear. It's not on me anymore. I've done everything according to, to the rules of the school district, or in this case, the college district, to be to allow and to open the door, put our red carpet to all potential female. He was specifically talking about women, not just LGBTQ, but women who were not signed up, who would rather much be signing up for the sociology, the humanities, and behavioral science classes. He goes, I've done everything in my power to equip women. That women are not taking advantage, that's on them now. Okay? So it's the very same thing that you take off all the barriers to entrance, and we'll see if people still want to come off. It's going to become more competitive. It's got to be based on meritocracy, because you want the top talent to sign up. As it is right now, there's not a lot of black males in. in well, you're, you're talking about something that is a little bit different. You're talking about no, but I, but I'm comparing. I'm, I'm making a comparison. Yeah, that but when you black, real, real quick, real quick. Uh, so you're talking about um, females maybe not being interested in a certain field, and and and, and that's what I'm versus, trying to tell you that versus, with, versus like the top law firms or the top you know schools you could argue that like well everybody wants that so but but yeah but you have to be here. prepared for that you have to prove yourself for that many people want many things in life but but they're not willing to to fight for it they're not willing to put in the time they're not willing to prepare themselves but do you know i want to be a successful like ends up so if we're going to really fight like affirmative action and stuff it's going to come down to okay you don't think systemic racism is, racism is legitimate. You have to explain why blacks, on average, do less do less well, right? On okay, IQ uh, okay, I, I could easily answer that from Larry Elder. He taught me a lot. Being an African American, successful attorney and radio host. Okay, very conservative. Love that man. He just how he said it. Why don't we address the inner problems within the black community? I'm speaking as a black man where everybody first as blacks to come together and fix all the problems that exist of lack of parenting, single, single, single parent homes, like single mothers with four or five kids. Uh, why don't we but talk about that? Problem? that, that that's not something that white people can do. No, but like, again, uh, first of all, it has to start with blacks. You cannot expect somebody from non-blacks to come assuming, in. You're also assuming that you know how to fix the problem. What if, what if you fix the black homes culture right, where they become more studious or the, 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 the dads mm -hmm. stick around or whatever. What if you uh -huh. fix that? You have you hire the best teachers, but they still get bad test grades. What, how do you explain that? No, okay, you could, you could hire all that and it could be proven. Like, for example, remember back in the 50s when the whites, uh, racist whites used to say that blacks were not, were, were not capable of, of uh, meeting up the standards of a white? That got easily uh, disproven, and it had to do with that they were they didn't have uh, they weren't affording the black the same level of education and training and tutoring exactly afforded to the white. So what are but you doing? But if you have the same education and you had the same tutoring and training, they might have very different test results. Okay, so and you work you work with the ones that are able to rise up. They're, not everybody's going to rise up. It doesn't matter. You could have some of the people from the best homes. From the best, yeah, but home. so everything so, provided the best, the, the best security. You, the best. Even if you were to lift some black people up, right, it, it still wouldn't be enough, right? Because they would say, "Well, not enough have, have been lifted." So they're still going to have this charge of. Oh, let, let me let me ask you, um, uh, Lindsay. How is it that most immigrants that come in 
they don't have those those barriers to enter like blacks and yet they come in not knowing english having to learn english first the parents yeah, then the children yeah the, the children of immigrants coming from all over the world why is it that kenyan ethiopians perform better than african americans Where's the systemic racism there? And these blacks are originally from Africa. They came at a young age. They right, came but, in with what the they have. That, that come here from Africa, probably like are they? Well I, I think it has to do again going back to values and standards and parenting. It's a combination of parenting. I don't. I don't you want think successful? So. Yeah, I think the problem is like so. I don't. I'm, I don't know what it is. I'm just asking questions, right? Mm-hmm, I have yeah, some yeah. idea that it's probably in a mix of environment, culture you know, genetics to some extent, and, you know, but we don't know what it is, right? We don't know what it is, and so we don't know how to solve the problem, and if we don't know how to solve the problem, we're not going to, we're not going to be able to fix it, right? We're just going to be... And and another thing, too, it's it's no different, I I would kind of compare it in a way, too, to let's say we, we, we put out a blanket, wrote out a blanket for all the problems regarding what our, our nation is going through in some of the blue states, like with homelessness, there's going to be some that come into the system to be rehabbed, be cleaned up, and and be and and be and go to and go through a small system to educate them, get them back into the workforce, right? They'll get off get off the habit, no longer relapsing or anything. But there's going to be those that just say, "No, I want to stay in." They don't want to discipline themselves. They don't want to be under strict guidelines. They don't they don't want to be restricted in a way, and they don't want to be put under discipline. They don't want to follow rules. So, what do you do then? So, I compare that to very similar to the the situation with blacks and any other marginalized groups, Hispanics or anybody. That once you start taking all these barriers to entry, which have been around for the longest. And the question, I think, uh, Lindsay, that sh- you should be asking is, well, how, how how much has it pushed all these groups forward? Has it actually benefited? Have all these groups benefited from having all these scholarships, from having the doors blow, blasted open? Yeah, to, to come in ahead of others that were more I mean, qualified. Yeah, and, they're, and, they're, they're, they're not really better off. you know. Okay, so, so we, we should look at the program. Where are they failing and why have they failed? And who's, maybe who's maybe it's something it? that can't be solved. Maybe we just have to to admit that maybe this is. A I, I I would say offer everything possible to these to many of these marginalized groups, as they say, because they're in unequal and everything. And we'll see in twenty years how but, far they but get. But here's my, here's my problem. Like everybody wants to help, you know. Everybody wishes good things for for blacks on the whole, right? Mm-hmm. But but the fact that blacks are like charging white people in general with this crime of it's our it's our fault that that. It's white people's fault that that's just bullshit. That's just that's just bullshit. Yeah, like white well, white white. Okay, why? I I have never had whites in my community, other than the ones I met at church and throughout my life in school and and at Bible training. Okay, they were not around. Am I gonna blame them for my failures, for my lack of decision making, for my taking making wrong decisions well, in my life? Well, if you are gonna blame, like, so if some group is gonna blame us, like blacks are gonna blame white people, they need to like come up with specific things that exactly that, that, that we've done i want to hear some specific things like recent things like yeah. you know maybe well, well was it that a white well. that a white group or or white people from the united states that they did something to prevent you from getting into her and i guarantee you you're going to see an incompetent mediocre person that has failed in life for the wrong decision that that person has taken because uh, education is available even free education vocational education is available just like education you know all my all my college years at east los angeles college pasadena i've paid myself 
I rarely ever go to the government. I pay for everything out of my own pocket because I'm a working man and I want to take pride in what I study. And believe me, when you study and it's coming out of your wallet, Lindsay, you take that seriously because it's costing you the books and everything. Now, when I landed at... at, How do you feel about the government, like, basically uh, canceling student debt? Doesn't that infuriate you? It doesn't infuriate me because I'm paying for somebody's worthless to to most most of these students worthless worthless uh, careers. Yeah, and it's not and, just and, people who paid for their college, but it's in also what way like am I benefiting, in, in what way am I benefiting? There's people who never went to college. There's people that decided college is too expensive for me. I'm just going to become a plumber. And and they must be thinking, what on earth did I do? Like you know, I could have gotten this free education, you know, from the government. And I, I didn't go to school because I couldn't afford it. I mean, this is just part part of the problem is 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 that education is so expensive and it's become inflated because the government, you know, guarantees so many, you know, loans. I mean, they should never have gotten in that business. Yeah. But um, but that that need needs to, that needs to change too. That is that is a problem, and they need to do away with careers that that are completely worthless. That do not take women far in this line. I'm not here well, to talk women Well, I'm a free market either. person. I used to think that way about diversity. Like, so I used to think, oh, mm-hmm. you're getting a diversity degree. That's worthless. Well, those are the best paying jobs now because every firm has to hire these diversity, you know, warriors or whatever. And they're, they're highly paid. I mean, that's a It's great what they call the, DE, the DEI, right? Diversity, yeah. inclusion. Yeah. So you would yeah. think yeah. like I mean, back in the day, back, I don't know, 2014-ish, I was like, these are stupid degrees. Like these people are never going to get jobs. I was totally wrong. They got great jobs, and they they probably really you know highly paid. <laughs> so what I would okay so okay in, in that sense I've I've heard different, but I'll take uh, what you're telling me you know for credit. The whole thing is what I'm what I'm saying is get people to to and you know not expect everyone that not everybody's a uh, a college university type person. Not everybody likes to be studied. There's guys that are more creative. They're more visual. They're more hands on. You know, set those people aside for a vocational training under two years, maybe a year, and get them into working. Maybe some guys are into plumbing. That's an honorable job. I got to work with, as an office uh, manager, I got to work uh, not long ago, 2015, with plumbers. Yeah. Boy, I used to think yeah. it, it was just a disgusting job. But it is a disgusting job because it's dirty, but I it's not a, a disgusting cousin. job because it's not, I have a cousin. You know? She got married young. And and they make bank. Well, she married a plumber, a guy. I mean, he was an apprentice. And, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great trade. I mean, it's a real thing that people need. I mean, not everybody's cut up to, 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 to these levels. They, some people don't like to study much. Not everybody's an erudite, that old biblical term referring to a scholar that likes to spend time, uh, book after book. There's guys and, and women that know how to read books of 500 pages in two, three days. I mean, wow. I mean, the weekend, I have a niece who does that. I wish I could read that fast and, and be able to assimilate everything as I'm reading. I'm not like that. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not an editor, but I'm a slow reader, but I do read. The problem is not everybody's into reading. Some people are more into, you know what? They see their father, their grandfather, father, their farmer, their mechanic. Well, let them go into whatever they want. Stop expecting them to have all these degrees. Most women don't do those kind of hard labor. Some do because they come out of those families. My respects to them. The ones that are able to toil and they like to get greasy and tired and, you know, wet and, and dirt all over the place. Okay, they're into that. Great. You know, but, you know, not everybody's into that. So I, I would say respect people and teach them a trade. 
if they want to go into, teach them a two-year college or four-year, whatever they want to go into. I mean, I, from my profession, I'm, I'm a certified tech. I, I'm going for two more, two more certifications, hopefully at the end of the year. At least one's going to come out for sure right now. And I've had two other ones from the early 2004. Like, did you have a lot of, I mean, I, I don't know the numbers. Like, so I, I assume that there's, I guess, I assume there's like people that of all walks of life who become, you know, plumbers or electricians. I mean, electricians have to actually study. They have to know their stuff. I mean, they could be exactly. make the bad But move. you see, an, electri- an electrician could be I mean, they don't, about they don't as have in... to understand the nature of electricity. They don't have to understand yeah. the physics, but they do I have mean, to understand the, the, what can the, kill the, them. The, the, I mean, the, the actual, very, the actual the know, composition, yeah, the, the actual theory and hypothesis and the actual training, the science behind it, they eventually have to take those classes. But in regards to when they're under the, the tutelage of a, they're like, they're going into the entry level, right? They, they have to be supervised. Well, they learn hands-on from somebody. There is books that teach them immediately the dangers of electricity, what they could work on, you know, house, home, electricity versus industrial, commercial, and stuff like that. And eventually they move in levels. And by years of training and with education, but I would I, what I would tell people is is for something like that, men or women that want to get into that, like like construction too, well, more power to them. They're good paying jobs, most of them, and you could also you know yeah, have a side job you know how where expensive it is to hire like an electrician or or a plumber. Yeah. I mean, it's very expensive these days to get to get people to come out and uh, do 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 this this type of qualified work. I mean, I have to imagine they're getting paid pretty pretty you know at least a reasonable you know oh <laughs> um let's see there we go sorry about that I must have got kicked out. I don't know how we got on that topic. We we've definitely drifted from our. No, no, no. But it, but it's important. <laughs> it's important, Lindsay. You have a lot to say. And I see sometimes people they're haters of you. You're not a racist. Well, you're, you know, you're, you're just a, a woman well, that needs to talk and, and express herself and you're concerned well, you know, with your I don't community. Even know, I don't even know how, you know, I talked about it earlier today and um, I actually talked about it with with the guest, I don't know his name, but I talked about it with him. I was like, you know, I'm still trying to define it myself. Here's my current, like, current looking theory on what it means. And, and, um, and that but, particular but guy has issues. Can't even, but it's, 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 it's become such a slang, a, like a, um, a slang term, a slander. You can't even discuss, well, what do you mean by racist? Like, okay, well, I have a different opinion on what it means. Right here is what I actually believe. and But you can't get that far. You're just smeared. So I, I so this app is interesting. So I, I blocked that snarf guy because he basically messaged me, so, you know, get some disease and die. Basically, that's what he told me. In, in the, like, oh, no, that, that guy's a, a very disgusting, very vulgar. And I tell people, but you need to every, every time I Every time I'm, I, I jump into another room and he's there, he always has to mention me. <laughs> but but sometimes I can't call in. He has issues. He has issues. Sometimes he I can't call issues. in and I, I can't, like, defend myself. So so I put something in the chat. Maybe I, you know, and I, I get emotional, too. And I say, you know trying to defend myself probably not very well and it just comes with, off with bad. me that with me that guy that bastard he blocked me i'm I like block, what's my beef with me just him. because i'm conservative you know he, i'm like, like just he, because i'm conservative up, i'm he, pro-trump you know he, he, like, he wow. kind of like he he and i hate to talk about him because you know he's not here but but in a sense he's attacked he's basically verbally attacked me uh multiple times online and 
I feel like, you know, I, I, I kept it open for a while. Like I kept, I kept, you know, I didn't block him for the longest time. He would show up in my, 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 um, call. He, he, he walked shows, around with a chip on his just, shoulder. He would just like yeah. make comments like, oh, you're talking to yourself and you're Satan and you're blah, 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 blah. We yeah. Did. Very derogatory. To, uh, you know what he did in the karma club? It was like around maybe 10, 11 o'clock uh, the other day, last week. And he called in and he was actually breaking down the feminist uh, situation, right? Because the topic was, why are men in crisis regarding why they can't get married? And I, I, you know, I basically told him it's the other way around. It's not the men are in crisis. Men get married with whoever. There's too many women, you know, more than enough women to maybe two, marry two or three times, you know. But they were coming at it from the intersectional feminist. Okay, I understand. He was breaking it down. When he didn't get his way and they're about to let him go, he immediately tells the gay guy, you're a bitch, man. So they, they blocked him. He gets offensive. He's very vulgar. I, I can't stand him. Well, he's very violent with his words, and then he, he threatens in, you. And then, like, he calls in and he like just like slanders different people that are yeah. you know, there and kind of off topic. And at least that Pangum Club or Pangburton Club like told him, "Hey, stick to the arguments. No personal yeah. attack, or whatever." Um, but I mean, I guess people like that, you just have to say, "Well." He's obviously very bad about what I'm saying, and we're never gonna like. I'd I'd love for people on the other side to. But to I, I noticed he has a tendency to attack white women. Well, to so come, he has it in for white. I, I encourage like people from the opposite viewpoint to come in and like share ideas, debate me, and well, I. This guy's I, been very vindictive. I can see Horrible. that. I, get emotional too and maybe you know i would apologize for things i've said that have, that are just out you know a little offensive and uncalled for because we we all get emotional but this guy just like he just kept coming at me and i could tell that he's just vindictive and it wasn't gonna he wasn't gonna ever calm down like so i can see someone getting upset i get upset he, he just has he, he's, he's a racist he and he just has yeah, he has, he's a racist and he just has a chip on his shoulder. And also, this guy's I, got I, his... I continue to ask him, what do you feel about affirmative action? Like, and he, he refuses to even answer questions. So, like, if someone doesn't even want to answer questions, even when apparently, like, we've, we've, we've cooled off or whatever, he just, he still won't answer the question. I consider this person not worth talking to because, you know, he, I can't even engage with him. Like, honestly. Like, the guy that called in today, he was a great, great guest. I mean, he could have he could have said, hey, you've said some highly offensive stuff, and he kind of alluded to that. But he also was honest and wanted to actually discuss the arguments and brought up some great points. You know, this, these are the conversations that we should be having. I mean, this is, this is like very sensitive, offensive stuff that we're talking about or that I'm talking about. And I get it. People are going to lose their cool. They're going to be emotional. But... At the end of the day, you can tell when someone is honestly wanting to talk about these ideas if they actually engage with the material and they make arguments, right? Yeah. So that's that's what I want. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. And you know, I like talking to you. I got nothing personal against you. There's no beef against you. You're pleasant. My book, you're pleasant. You just open and honest about what you want to say. Lindsay, I'm gonna have to let you go. I'm trying to close. I'll see you oh, okay. Well, thanks. You know, so. you, you know, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for that. Take care. Take care. All right. Okay. That was really long. 
That was a really long chat, and I really appreciate the people that called in. Again, you know, this is these are highly you know controversial and very offensive things that we're discussing here, but I think it's important to discuss them uh, just to just to hear the other side, to understand the other side's point of view. So I really appreciate, oh, I think his name is Phil. Or at least that, that was his, yeah, that was his handle. I really appreciate Phil's um, input. And, you know, he challenged me, asked some questions. We, we had a great conversation. So that these are the conversations that I look forward to. And I know that um, it's hard. I mean, sometimes we, we get emotional. We, we take, we take offense to what someone else has said. I get it. I'm, I'm guilty too. Uh, you know, for, for putting a, you know, click baby, you know, headline out there or whatever. Uh, but we, I mean, to make any progress to learn from each other, we really need to, to be able to talk to one another and, uh, hopefully we can have, you know, more conversations like we did today. Um, that's my hope at least, um, to, to understand the other side, to kind of, maybe we can come to come, you know, come to some kind of agreement you know, some kind of at least acknowledgement of the other people's ideas and their, their, their grievances. Right. So I think it's, it's great whenever people call in and they're able to present their point of view, present their ideas, challenge me on mine. Cause I could be wrong too. Uh, so I do really appreciate Phil. I think we had a great conversation. Uh, he said he would call in again in the future and I would love if he did. Because <laughs> uh, I, I, I just talk to myself here most of the time, but when people call in and challenge me, it makes me you know, think harder and challenge my you know ideas. <clears throat> and I really appreciate his pointing out, you know, an example of systemic racism, potentially like, a, you know, a certain law that he, he, he thought was a good example, a drug, maybe a drug law that affected, you know, the African American community, um, in different ways. So that's great. I, I like to get to specifics. I like to define terms. I like to think and learn. That's my primary objective. I tend to talk just to, to, I'm thinking out loud when I talk, this is how, this is how I think. <laughs> and I decided normally I think to myself, you know, alone, <laughs> but sometimes I like to think out loud. And so I thought, well, I should just record this stuff. <laughs> um, but I think, I think these challenging topics need to be more out in the air and people need to be honest. You know, some people think that, you know, I'm really offensive and, and racist, right? We have different definitions of racism, but if we don't talk about it openly, we, we can't have a conversation then we can never really understand what, you know, each other are thinking of and what their views are. And we can't come to common ground. We can't really appreciate and understand each other's arguments. And, you know, Phil brought up some great points. So um, I, I really am looking forward to him calling in again, for sure. Um, I don't even know. I don't even know his race. He didn't tell me and I don't, I don't care. Uh, but uh, he has some great points, really, really great points. And I guess I'm going to wrap this up now because I've been talking for a long time <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's getting late. So anyways, um, thanks for listening and, um, 
I will be publishing this.